Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata. Social Studies, brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Oh, 9 o'clock time for some social studies on Twitter, epically underscore Murata. The questions are posed to you. You answer. And Sarah Cazell mines through all of it to give us the good stuff. Ooh. And there is a lot of it today. I'm sure. I'm positive of that. Emotions are running high on our Twitter account, at Bickley underscore Murata. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow there if you have not already. We are starting off by asking guys same thing we've asked after every game. Now we're just asking, zooming out on the season, what was your biggest <laughs> takeaway from the 2022 season? Uh, the level of consistency that the Cardinals showed was amazing. <laughs> In all and, the wrong and ways. yes, dysfunction can be consistent. Yeah, no, uh, as I said last week, the 2022 season is proof that even the worst things come to an end. And I think that also the big takeaway is that the collapse of 2021 was was not the anomaly. That was the harbinger of what this yes. football team has become. Gosh, that is such a bummer. Yeah, it is, realize. isn't it? Yes. And it's probably a bad idea By to run way, it back I, after such a collapse. We need to get this out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 145 today, Cliff Kingsbury is scheduled to join the Wolf and Luke show. So you're going to want to make sure you're listening to that if nothing has come down by then. That's right. 145, Wolf and Luke. And then at 2 o'clock, again, as of now, Kingsbury is set to hold his end-of-season press conference. Josh Weinfist from ESPN put out the Cardinals have a staff meeting around noon. Also added, there's not an expectation that the assistants will find out their faith. What an awkward yes. meeting that Maybe must they can be. do it the way the Arizona Republic once did it prior Ooh. to when I got there. They can have everybody show up to work and wait for the phone to ring. And if the phone rings, you're fired. No. How's that for inhumanity? That happened before you got there? It did. It's a legendary it's story. Got, oh, I think he got the gracious. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brutal. That's that is brutal. brutal. You're well, not kidding. That's you brutal. know my story in that building. We can talk more about that later. <laughs> what are they going to go? Flip a coin? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yes. Yeah, uh, again, this is... Dark times. Dark times. Love this industry. Let's get to some of the responses from our listeners. Your biggest takeaway from the 2022 season... AZ Kid says Cliff Kingsbury is a one-trick pony and his guru-ness has been figured out. Todd Cantrell says his biggest takeaway is just how devoid of talent the Cardinals were from game one of the season. No head coach in the country could take this group to the playoffs. BP says we are years away from winning. And Brian Anderson this was an interesting point to me. Brian Anderson said, there is more dysfunction in the organization than I realized, and watching Hard Knocks actually made me feel less connected to the team for whitewashing away everything we wanted to see and understand. How about less of Michael Bidwill flying a plane and more of a leader steering a ship? Wow. Wow. Yes. Jerry Hewitt, his biggest takeaway is how totally inept the organization is from top to bottom. I think we will know within the next year about Kyler Murray. I have little faith, not in his talent, but he's just not a Buda Baker or J.J. Watt type. I think we already knew that. Yeah. Seabacher44 says, my apathy is growing worse, and I've been a fan since 1967. Wow. Oh, boy. 
Didn't know I he was still that have old. any sort of feelings at this point. That's going way back. Truly. No, somebody that age could know how to use social media. Jarrett. Way to generalize, Jarrett. We love you, Seabacher44. Keep listening. You're younger and you can barely use it. Woo! I know. I, have, I only know how to use Twitter and I spell stuff wrong all the time. Yes, you do. <laughs> Even words like has. <laughs> Truly. You missed that one last week, Fence. <laughs> all right, moving on to our next. How do you spell it? H-A. Ha. Who ha disappointed you? You, Jarrett. All right, next question. Which team are you rooting for most in the NFL playoffs, since we don't have the Cardinals to root for? Who's going to be your team and why? Mm. Open-ended. I'm cheering for the Bills to win, followed by the yes. 49ers. As, and again, I'm sorry, as as sort of counterintuitive and as, as loathsome as that sounds, I, I just love what they built with that football team, and I'm jealous. Plus, there's a local I want a football team too. just like that football team. Brock Purdy is a good story, maybe a historic story, and he's got a local tie. That bumps the 49ers up the list. But, but below Buffalo, I agree with that. I'll put the Giants in the mix. Ooh. You know, I get a little... Giants background in my past. Okay. Um, and they're playing Minnesota, and I want to see the Vikings fall on their face <laughs> for no particular reason. Oh, yeah. At the, at the end of the, at the, end of the day. That? Nobody that we know. At the end of the day. Some guy with a podcast. Yeah. yeah oh, that, really? So yeah. you're hating on Patrick Peterson? I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan either. Okay. <laughs> you don't like that. I like Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That dude's awesome. Yeah, so that, he's that would be my three. All right. Getting to our listener responses. Who are we all rooting for in the NFL playoffs? Jimbo says the Jaguars. Trevor's got long flowing locks. <laughs> Plus, you've got all of the ex-Cardinals on different teams in the postseason. Wes Whitaker is rooting for the 49ers for Brock Purdy out of, uh, out of the valley here. Scott Brooks is rooting for the Buffalo Bills. They are a lot of fun to watch. Brian is also rooting for the Bills, not just because of recent events, but for the fact that they have never won one. And he says, maybe throwing my support their way will bring good fortune back to the Cardinals, who haven't won one as well. Oh, they were also his preseason bet to win it all. Wow. Yes. And let's get to our final question quickly. Uh, the four of us are back together for the first time in at least three weeks, perhaps longer. So in, in honor of us, we're asking, which reunion or what reunion would you most like to see in sports or in pop culture? A band, a former team? Would you like to see? Him? Yeah, I really wanted to. Uh, I wanted to see that Led Zeppelin reunion, and I want to see an Oasis reunion show before uh, it's all said and done. It's it's. Is Oasis still going? No, they've been off done and on for, for thirty years. No, no, no okay. they haven't been on. What are you talking about? When have they been on in the last twenty years? I guess you're right. Just off. I was thinking of even when they were together, they were always fighting. But that is true. I want to see. A way, way after the fact, way too late uh, sequel to The Breakfast Club. <laughs> the Dinner Club. I want to know what happened to John Bender 40 years later. The Sizzler Club. Was Vernon right? You'll see what I... Go visit John Bender in five years. You'll see how funny he is. I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. That's funny. Oh, they I'm missed sure an opportunity coming. back in the 80s, I'm by sure the way. Uh, seven Seconds or Less Sons. Alex Havig wants to see a reunion for the Seven Seconds or Less Sons. Darren wants to see Cliff Kingsbury reunite with college football. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Uh, Steve That's Davis great. would like to see Aber. 
Abba. Oh, did we find Gambo's? Anti Queen. Uh, Abba, before, like, there was just ridiculous money in music, didn't they turn down, like, a billion dollars to what? reunite? They did. Some Are you serious? ridiculous no, offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Led Zeppelin's turned down crazy money as well. Goodness. Uh, Ricky Rocks wants a new entourage season. Ooh. Chris Anaya wants to see money and his wallet reunite. <laughs> I hear you there. And then Seabacher says, ball boy buddies, Michael Bidwell and Sean Payton. Oh, I love that. Uh, there yeah. you go. Great responses from our listeners today. Yeah, Y'all that did not disappoint. Best. Way Come to go. Come on, Michael Bidwell. Surprise us. <laughs> Come Do on. Something. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Social studies uh, on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Coming up next. Is it time for time? We'll get into that and more. Some reports trickling out on the Arizona Cardinals and their very, very near future. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. At long last, the football portion of the season has come to an end for the Arizona Cardinals, but there's lots of work to do. They lose yesterday to San Francisco. 38-13, they finish 4-13. and There's lots of questions about the future of a lot of individuals with the Arizona Cardinals, including... General Manager Steve Keim, who's been on a medical leave of absence since December 14th. There is a report out today from Jordan Schultz, who is uh, doing uh, writing for The Score now. Mm. Uh, and the tweet slash report says, as owner Michael Bidwell and the Arizona Cardinals enter the offseason, sources tell The Score that Steve Keim will not be retained as GM. But the team isn't shutting the door on him remaining with the franchise in a lesser capacity. Kaim is currently away for health-related reasons. Um, If this report is indeed factual, Mm -hmm. that to me is a bad sign. That to me is a sign that Michael Bidwill, as the orchestrator of the future of the Arizona Cardinals and the steward of the future of the Arizona Cardinals, is not willing to make the requisite changes, the depth of which need to be done for this to be an organization on the right path again. Yeah, I I do think, um, I'm not sure how to read that. I think you can read a lot of these things in terms of ominous ways, like the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is still scheduled to join Wolf and Luke. Today at one forty-five. Well, and then to hold his media availability at, at, 2 at two p.m. So if yeah, so if Cliff Kingsbury is 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 going shows up on this radio station at one forty-five, that's a clear indication he is back as head coach next year, and I think that's going to cause issues for a lot of people. I do think this. I do think the number one issue though is they need to hire an external candidate from uh, as the new general manager because they need a new culture in here. So if Michael Bidwill delivers that, if he goes out. And brings in the assistant GM from Buffalo, for instance, and brings him in and says, this is the new guy in charge. And this guy is going to evaluate everything. I'm not changing anything else right now, but this new guy is going to evaluate everything going forward. I might in time be okay with that. It's not ex- It's not what I think the team needs. It's not what I personally deep down know the team needs. But but at the same time, the idea of going and getting a Sean Payton or a Jim Harbaugh, how successful would they be in those pursuits? I, I would just really hope Michael Bidwill picks up the phone and explore, or already has. And if those guys are not 
possibilities uh, for Arizona, then I think you need to look at you need to look at other real up and coming culture guys, guys that can come in and make a big difference for your organization overnight. The it's the the sticking with what you have and rearranging and waiting and inter- internal promoting. Everyone knows what that's going to mean. Everyone knows that's an owner too concerned with his own comfort zone with the football team and not concerned enough with winning. Everyone will know what it means. And that's what makes, to me, that's what makes this so dangerous. I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I put it in my column today. I came here in 1998 as a guy who came from a great newspaper town in Chicago. And I thought, okay, this is cool. I'm going to have a chance to be a columnist in an upcoming, up-and-coming market. The first home game I covered at Sun Devil Stadium was against the Eagles. It was scoreless for three quarters. And the place was about half full at best. And I remember going... What in the heck did I get myself into? This is the football franchise in Arizona. 35,000 people are going to a football, to the home opener. And, and I thought to myself, this is, and I had heard this when I got the job. I used to receive rolls of toilet paper in the roll, in the mail with the previous owner's face emblazoned on those rolls of toilet paper. They were a thing out here, obviously. I didn't know that. And, and so this was the legacy of the Cardinals then, and it went on and on and on and on. And when they finally broke through, I thought, hallelujah, we have a football team that's actually going to compete and be in the conversation. If if nothing gets changed out after what has been the most dysfunctional year in team history, that's all you need to know about where this thing is going. It will it's all you need to know that they are not serious about winning football games. I went back and actually not that I doubted you, but just to jar my memory, that 1998 season uh, home opener was mm-hmm. the third week of the season, a Sunday night game. At Sun Devil Stadium, the Cardinals won at seventeen to three, and yeah, thirty six thousand people and change mm-hmm. for a home opener. Oh my goodness! For a night game, and that was a, that was the year they went to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and they were good that year. So, so to me, I think that this is why for the diehard longtime fans, that's why this is so important. Because for all for all the talk about why we're such a disjointed, fragmented, disloyal region, this is why. Because nobody wants to associate with teams that are not serious about winning. Yeah, and it looked like, again, 13 months ago that that was finally the plan. That this coaching uh, hire of Cliff Kingsbury back in 2019 that... You know, was not universally loved. In fact, it was widely panned. How do you reward a failed head, a college head coach who's never won at his alma mater? How do you give him the keys to an NFL team? And through years one, two, and halfway through year three, it looked like that was the, the path that, you know, the Cardinals were going to have the last laugh. It led to Cliff Kingsbury getting a contract extension. And here we are. I, look, I did not think this season was going to go well for the Cardinals. At the beginning of the year, I picked a seven to nine win range. Nine probably would have got him in the playoffs. Um, I had no idea it would end up in a four-win season. Well, yeah, me neither. But as as Kyle Vandenbosch so eloquently said, it's the lack of discipline in this program. It's the lack of practice time in this program. It's the camp cupcake and expecting that to produce a high-end football team. It's the fact that, as Kyle said, he watches the 22 version of the uh, the All-22s, and you see the loafers. The lollygaggers. What do you got? You got lollygaggers. <laughs> 
uh, listen, when, uh, and so this this all tells me something. And uh, most serious owners in the NFL, you know how they react. They go and find something because they want to win, win. Go go back to Hard Knocks. The, the last episode of Hard Knocks, there was some great verbal exchanges that were shown. But all of the verbal exchanges that have been shown basically in practice time with Hard Knocks is guys wearing like bucket hats and T-shirts, just kind of standing around doing nothing. <laughs> Right, And I know it started in, in with a very, very lax, what people called a lax training camp. But if, you're, if your fear is preventing injury, how did that work out for you this year? You're the most injured team yeah, you've ever it had. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. You got to build up some calluses. Yeah, listen, and and no matter what happens, this organization has got to get a little better at verbalizing, what, communicating what the plan is, and not lying. Okay, just be honest and upfront. And and again, this is I, I'm I'm referring to very specific incidents here that largely relate to the head coach obfuscating or not answering questions, and then things becoming evident moments after his press availability. That kind of stuff creates a lot of ill will. I'm, it, it just does. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say it. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Big Red Monday rolls on as we hand out some weekend hardware. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. It is 9.32 on what is usually referred to as Black Monday. No firings in the NFL so far this morning. Still keeping an eye out on Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. We're actually going to cover that topic now as we head to our website, ArizonaSports.com, to look at today's poll question, guys. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, should yes. the Cardinals keep Cliff Kingsbury around after a disappointing 2022 season? Yes or no? Yeah. Should the Cardinals? I think uh, I think we've made that's the, a no. That's a the, definitive the yeah. no. Are you sure? I feel like you're very wishy-washy about this <laughs> one. I feel like you haven't really made it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Listen, no. Yeah. Okay. Vote placed for no. 85% say no. 15% say yes. He should be kept around. Look, I mean, truth be told, and yeah, history those are 49er shows, fans, Seahawks fans, and Rams fans. <laughs> what uh, they are. That uh, Bick was a year ago after the playoff loss in L.A. was not exactly on board with bringing Cliff back. So 85%. You can cast your vote right now. It's today's Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings, handing out the hardware. Hardware, it's our version of the award show, and it's brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize Proud Nutrition Partner of the Phoenix Suns. Who wants to hand out the first award? Can I do it since I've been away? Sure, you are, man. I'm itching. I'm itching to go. Uh, My first award is the Fortitude Award, and I'm giving it to Blake Wheeler. Hockey player of the Winnipeg Jets. Did you see this story? I don't, what, what story are you talking Back about? Back on I'll December, seen it. December 15th, Blake Wheeler took a shot to the midsection in a game against the Nashville Predators. Uh, he finished the game, then missed some sub- substantial time. If you're eating, 
I apologize. <laughs> it turns out the uh, injury that he sustained was a ruptured testicle. <gasps> the lower midsection. Which is a good name for a band. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> he said... I didn't know I was injured. There's a difference between being hurt and injured. I didn't know I was injured until the next day. But he played the rest of the oh, game how does, with that particular injury and much, is already back in the lineup. How much painkiller are you shot up with where you do not feel a ruptured te- a testicle? No kidding. I don't oh, see, oh, yeah. You have a more obligation to, to punch him in the balls. <laughs> Okay, I don't think I should ask this question on the air. I have questions. You have questions? I do. About other other indicators that you that maybe would right. help you figure out that something is wrong, but I don't think I can use any of those words. Hockey players are different. I was complaining earlier in the show about NBA players and soreness. That was more than soreness. Opposite end of the spectrum there. All right, that's my first yeah. word. Okay. All right, my first word is the... Word? Your first word? <laughs> my, word. First, my first word is... <laughs> my first award is the Put That Coffee Down Award, and that goes to the New England Patriots, who no longer do not need to worry about having coffee in the building next year because Bill Belichick today announced that he will be returning for next year, and as we know... I don't like coffee. Uh, Bill Belichick will turn 71 in a few months. And the oldest coach of all time in the NFL is who? Do you remember? It's a tie for two player, two coaches who coached at 72. George Hallis. George Hallis. Mm. And Marv Levy, who looked like he was 72 for about 20 years. That's true. <laughs> so next year we'll have 71 Bill Belichick and 71 Pete Carroll. Wow. wow. That doesn't mean that others in the Patriots facility can't enjoy the great taste of a cup of coffee, Jared. That's true. Yeah. That just means Bill doesn't like it. That's a good point. All right. This is the Aaron Rodgers A Ho Award. <laughs> Given from Lil Wayne to Aaron Rodgers, the rapper tweeted this morning about an hour ago, quote, man, as a Packers fan, all I can say is relapse. I've been done with 12, as in Aaron Rodgers, and 12 has been done with football. Now, when the bleep are they going to be done with 12? I don't know, but go pack go. Lil Wayne's tweet last night, his his second most recent tweet, please do me a favor, do not call me or text me. I don't want to talk. <laughs> wow. That's pretty that's pretty funny. That's that good. Very when funny. Are, when the bleep are they gonna be done with twelve? Yeah. It might, might happen. He's ready. My neck my first award is just the just because it's legal doesn't mean you should do it award. I'm giving it to Bernie Kosar. Oh, oh, that's that's <laughs> Former Cleveland Brown great. I use that term kind of loosely. Um, he put night as part of a promotion. I, I had read that Pete Rose was the first member of the state of Ohio to make a legal sports wager. They're reporting that Bernie Kosar was the first one to do it. So he thought he'd have some fun with it. He bet nineteen thousand dollars. Nineteen, the number he wore nineteen thousand dollars on the Browns to beat the Steelers, which is a dramatically bad bet, right? Yeah, especially this right. year. Right, and and so he lost the bet, which was bad enough, and then he also lost his gig. He lost his gig because you can't do that if you're a member of an NFL team. So it's like, oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. I mean, he was he was paid by the team to do radio hits. Mm-hmm. I get it. But, I mean, isn't that a little bit disingenuous? 
Well, I mean, he's a, when you watch a, a football game, game and, and that's all you get is it, yeah, yeah, of course it is. A little, of course it is. Read, read the fine. You, print, you can folks. see where some football people might be a little confused. And he was going on what to, policy is. Had he hit on that horrible bet, he was going to give all the money to charity. <laughs> yeah, yes. but what a terrible bet! If you're going to get fired, at least place it on a team you think is going to win. <laughs> or or nineteen dollars, not right. nineteen thousand. Nineteen thousand. Boy, did he just wow. He lost Just his bag wow. and his job. Yeah, he did. Poor guy. Uh, my next award is uh, the That's a Survivor Series Award. Ooh. David Purdom, who covers gambling for ESPN, uh, on the ramifications of the Texans' 4th and 20 Hail Mary touchdown, mm-hmm. which, by the way, the defensive back for the Colts, how do you not knock that down? <laughs> went right through his hands. Uh, they go on, get the two-point conversion, they win. That fourth and 20 touchdown and two-point conversion had a hand in deciding a $6 million survivor contest. Oh, is that right? Um, on Sunday, that down and distance not only determined which team receives the number one pick in the NFL draft, but also decided the largest survivor pool in Las Vegas worth millions of dollars. Purdom writes, out of 6,133 entries in Circa Survivor, only three were still active entering week 18, each with a shot at the $6.113 million first prize in the annual contest put on by the uh, by the casino. Only two would survive. Browna and Jed finished in a tie for first place. They hit all 20, uh, capping 20 straight uh, straight up winners. And they will split the $6 million prize. So one of them got, one of the three finalists got eliminated on that particular play. Wow. Brutal. So brutal. Yes. Can you imagine? Uh, my last award is the Roller Coaster of Emotions Award. It goes to Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions, who broke Barry Sanders' rushing record and... Uh, had this post-game interview where he was all over the map. My great grandfather died on me. I'll just dedicate this to him. I'm just proud. I'm just grateful to do this for him. My grandfather, he was 92, but I'm just grateful for him to be in my life, and I'm grateful to be able to play football and do this for him. So, it's a lot of memories, a lot of emotion, but... I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great-grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down at me, and I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made it. We the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked their, picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. <laughs> Man, he was all over the place. That switch up. Well, that was amazing. That was absolutely tremendous. I Paul Williams is a treasure. Yes. Uh, does anyone else have a spear story? Dan, you got the last one here? Hey, That's hey, fine. We're running, we're running late anyway. Good. Yeah. Wait, yo, you don't have one? Well, it was Bernie Kosar. Okay. Yeah. And oh, I was just Oh, scrolling. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, my was going to be the uh, Vindication Award. I was going to give it to Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, who found out, I think, prior to Sunday's game, that he was not coming back as a member of the Texans, to go for it and to convert a two-point conversion 
and forfeit as a result the Texans' number one draft pick. That's the equivalent of a head coach putting up two fingers on this hand for the two-point conversion and then one finger on this hand for the owner of the team. Take that on your way out the door. You know what would have been the best, the best ending would have been after the two-point conversion. Lovey Smith ripping his shirt off and then doing the peace out sign as he ran through the oh, end zone. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been, been good. That would have been fantastic. That's hardware. We do it on Mondays. It's brought to you by Revitalized Weight Loss and Wellness. Coming up, Big Red Monday. We'll wrap up the season with our final crosstalk with Wolf and Luke next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, Wolf and Luke, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. The Cardinals take a knee. The game is over. The season is over. A year that began with disappointment in terms of injuries in camp and some distractions off the field. Those themes continued throughout the year, distractions and injuries, and it ends here in Santa Clara, finally, 38-13, the final. The Cardinals finish 4-13. Dave Bash on the final call yesterday. Yes, distractions, injuries, a lot of those, not a whole lot of winning. 4-13 franchise record uh, matched for losses in a season. Uh, I, for one, feel some sort of relief that it's finally over uh, because it was it was a grind for about the last five or six weeks of the season. Here to talk about it with us, our final Big Red Cross talk of 2022 season. Get in line, Vin. Wolf and Luke are here. Uh, you feel that weight lifted off a oh little, my a little bit, Wolf? <laughs> yeah, you know, it really is. Um, Dave Pash and I were talking about the fact that this was uh, by far and away the most disappointing season that we have ever done together. And that's been 18 years, I believe, of actually doing the broadcast. And it's got so much to do with where we thought this team was actually going to be when the season started the expectation of course that this offense was going to be so much better than what we saw and fundamentally when you go into a season and you assume that this is going to be the strength of your team everyone knows this is going to be the strength of your team and suddenly when it's not the strength of your team everything seems to have a way of unraveling at that point Luke? Yeah, I just, I don't, I know that it has happened, but it feels like it's been a while since the last, what, month and a half of the season seemed pretty inconsequential. I know Green Bay and Green Bay and the Cardinals had the same record in Thanksgiving or whatever, and Green Bay got back into it, but it was, it was clear the Cardinals weren't doing it, and yet they kept having games. It felt like the season was over <laughs> four weeks ago. They kept having games. It's very strange. Um, I mean the big the, the the big million dollar question today is what does the future look like? There's been reports on, on Steve Kine that he won't be retained as the general manager. There was a report today that he might come back in a lesser role. There's all the speculation uh, on Cliff Kingsbury. You guys have the the weekly interview with Cliff Kingsbury. It's still on the books today for for one forty five. I mean, this is a season, and, and Bick and I have been free and talking about this, and we've been open and talking about this. A season that has been so bad from top to bottom with the on-field product, with the regression of certain players, with the lack of production, with all the -the off-the-field distractions, uh, lack of discipline, you name it, that it seems like sweeping changes are in the future. But 
we have no indication that that's going to happen right now. No, I, I think if you're going to do it, you need to do it all the way. Um, I, just my gut is that the, we're going to get something, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, whenever it is, where they're like, hey, us and, and Cliff have decided to mutually part ways. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's just sort of the, the, the feeling that there is. But I, I think the mistake would be like, well, we got rid of Cliff and that was the whole problem. Like, if you are going to do this, you need to actually fix all the problems, not just the one that people can point to the most easily. But I also don't know how you can just run it back after 4-13. and 13. I heard Kyle Vandenbosch on your guys' show where he's like, if you do that, you better explain to your fans why. Like, you better give them an actual reason to buy in because you can't just say, eh, 4-13, and 13, you know, we had some injuries. They had a lot of injuries, but that doesn't guarantee that you were going to suddenly win eight of those games you lost. Yeah. Hey, there's so many things that are out there right now, so many variables, so many distractions, so many things that actually happened this year to the Arizona Cardinals. There, there's so much clutter, guys, that I think is out there right now. Um, an easy way to cut through all the clutter is to get to the point and to ask the question. It's really not, should Cliff Kingsbury be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals going forward? It's, do you think that Cliff Kingsbury can actually reach Kyler Murray and take him to the next level? There's your answer. You answer that question, and now all of a sudden, your answer is obvious. If you believe that he actually can reach Kyler Murray and take him to the next level, evolve this offense, evolve Kyler Murray, then the answer is, you know what? Yeah, we're going to keep him. If the answer is no, you're not. How much of that potential decision, Wolf, though, would be influenced by this uncertain timetable on, on Kyler Murray's return? Can you can you bring back Cliff Kingsbury with the thought, hey, I'm going to fix Kyler Murray when we might not see Kyler Murray until week eight or nine of next year? Yeah, you know, and this is a great question right now because it's one of the reasons why, if in fact you don't think Cliff Kingsbury is capable of reaching Kyler Murray and taking him to the next step, but you still want to actually promote from within, maybe with Vance Joseph, right? Are you really going to pull the offense out underneath the feet of your franchise quarterback that is actually rehabbing? That is the one... That is the one plus, I think, for actually keeping the offense status quo going forward is being because of Kyler Murray. Once again, do you want to actually install a brand new offense with all this different terminology when Kyler Murray can't rep it out on the field? And I think Kyler Murray's one of these guys that has to rep it out onto the field. So that's something you've got to consider in regard to what you're going to do going forward. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it can be that simple, Wolf. If if Cliff is not the guy to, to elevate Kyler Murray, then you got to find somebody who can. That's I think that's the bottom line economic of the whole thing. But I've also heard you say, and I agree with you, that even if Cliff did come back, they'd need him to be more of an alpha because I think that's what the sport commands. You look at Brian Dable and the inf- influence he has had Okay, with the New York Giants, you look at Doug Peterson, uh, you get the right culture change agent in here. These things can get flipped. I don't know if you can see or if you do see the same potential here. Ah, here we go. Breaking news. According to Adam Schefter, the Arizona Cardinals fired head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Per Adam wow. Schefter. And now Dov Kleinman has it. 
and they're okay. trickling out. So nine fifty four. So that I would assume that means you guys are not talking to Cliff Kingsbury at one forty five. Oh, that hasn't been confirmed. But yes, I would assume. <laughs> I don't mean trying. to laugh. I don't mean it's not a time for laughter. No, no, no. I, I, I did not get to hear it because I oh, don't yeah, have I'm headsets. Sorry. So Adam Shafter is reporting Cliff has been fired. Oh, okay. Oh, this is horrible. Wolfhead got the news ten seconds after all of us. Yeah, He's probably like, you. "What are you guys thinking it. over there?" Yeah, that's true. It's like, <laughs> I was like well, you're no making reaction. less sense than usual. <laughs> once again, once again, um, I think you have your answer right there in regard to that because this really was about Kyler Murray. I think going forward, and whether or not you believe that Cliff could reach Kyler Murray, and I think the people that know that best are the people that are inside that building and people that are decision makers as well. Yeah, in case you're just joining us during the course of this conversation, Adam Schefter putting it out there, uh, reporting from ESPN that the Arizona Cardinals are parting ways with Cliff Kingsbury after a 4-13 and season that wrapped up yesterday and after a very lengthy contract extension was handed out, what was that, 10 months ago? Mm-hmm. Wow. And to go back to your point, Bick, mm-hmm. how things change. December 5th. Well, the question now becomes, what are they going to do in the interim here? Is is this something where they're going to uh, elevate Vance Joseph for a year and kind of see what happens with Kyler Murray? Do they have somebody in mind? Is Michael going to pick up the phone and call Sean Payton? Is that even up for uh, up for? play or in play? Nobody knows. Well, we'll have a lot of uh, time to talk about it, but real quick, just top of the head uh, top of the head thoughts on what Vic just brought up. The Vance Joseph situation or possibility kind of arose over the weekend as, as maybe a, a plan moving forward to elevate him as the interim head coach. And, and not, not interim head coach, coach in the interim, and maybe it's one of those one-year situations. I think, to me, that would be a worst-case scenario. If the future is going to start now, let the real future begin and don't con- continue to buy time. Yeah, I, I like Vance a lot. If you go with Vance Joseph, you need to go into it with the plan of this is our guy for a while. The, the best thing about today is that the 2022 season's over, so you can actually like start moving forward now. You don't need to be like, we're going to do this for like 12 months, then we're going to change again in 13 months. Well, you know what's interesting, guys? I really think that Steve Keim, as the general manager, thought that the NFL was truly going to go to this new age offense. I, I mean, honestly, I'm talking about the spread, the college offense. This is the way to do it. Um, the game of football was truly changing, of course, and I, I, there were a lot of people that believed that was the way it was going to go. Yeah. It did not, yeah. and that ultimately is changing everything. Great point, Wolf. Good stuff. Luke, uh, thanks to you as well. Wolf and Luke will have more on the uh, firing of Cliff Kingsbury. We'll have more tomorrow as well. Thanks to Kyle Vandenbosch. We'll see you tomorrow here on Arizona Sports.